Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer and I'll see you there. Are you the type of leader who wants to leave behind a legacy? Well, I'd love to help you unlock a legacy of excellence with the School Leadership Toolkit. For just $97, you'll gain access to 10 easy-to-implement resources, including templates, frameworks, and bonus content designed to help you manage your to-do list, make better decisions, navigate difficult conversations, and support your team. Fast-track solutions to your challenges by grabbing the toolkit at schoolsofexcellence.com toolkit or click the link in the show notes. Elevate your leadership journey today. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Hani Olshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Hello there, and welcome back to our final episode in our five-part series of Building a Culture of Retention. So every week over the last couple of weeks, we have dug into the many layers and the core building blocks of what it takes to build and sustain a culture of retention. First layer, which you started several weeks back, is building a culture of community and belonging, building a culture of quality of life and work-life harmony, building a culture of contribution. Last week, we spoke about building a culture of accountability. And this week, our final week, we are talking about designing a culture of promotion. So let's dive into what does it mean to create a culture of promotion? Many times when I talk about this concept of culture of promotion as a critical retention strategy, a lot of leaders are like, not everyone wants to be promoted. And even when you ask teachers, you know, to level up or do certain things, they're like, no, I don't want to do that. Right. So many times on coaching calls, owners will say things like this teacher doesn't even want to be the director. Like, even if I pay her more, here's the thing. No one wants more responsibility. Okay. No one wants more jobs or more tasks or more decisions to make. Think about yourself, even for more money. Do you want more responsibility with what's already on your plate? Many of us are fighting for survival and anything extra is the thing that breaks us. Okay. Even if we already don't feel at a breaking point. Thing you have to remember is you have a team of gold that's sitting right in front of you. And most school leaders miss out on opportunities for their teams to contribute and to really level up the entire company's organization. What happens a lot is they keep telling themselves this lie. One day when things get quiet, I will figure this all out. Something I say all the time is it's always a busy time. Real soon, 
never happens. And you need to intentionally make time to really understand what it means to build a culture of promotion. Because how you present the opportunity to level up, how you present the project that you want to invite someone to take initiative on, all of it matters in the way that you present itself. Many people are ready to level up, but they're waiting for invitation. Many people know that they can contribute, but they're terrified to fail. Many people know that they have more to give, but their self-esteem and their self-confidence need some coaching. And I share an interesting story about, you know, a lot of people are ready to level up, but they're waiting for the invitation. I had one particular owner who is was inside of our owner's HQ program. She's, staff, she's still inside of our owner's HQ program. And she finally became fully staffed a couple of months ago. And she wanted to ramp up enrollment because she had paused enrollment because she, she didn't have staff. And so she was on social media. She was on Instagram and, and Facebook. And she was like doing all these postings of like what was happening inside of the school because she wanted to start to communicate with parents and prospective parents and current families and bring people in. And she was running herself ragged. She had let go of the gratitude matrix. She had let go of one-on-one. She wasn't doing the foundational things that she needed to do as an owner because she was busy putzing around on Facebook and, and Instagram. And so I was on a call with her she had pinged me and like with desperation, she's like, I'm falling apart. Like I, I'm, I'm going like, she's like, I, I can't do this. And I'm like, let's talk. So we get on a call and we we jump on the next coaching call and I'm like, what's going on? She tells me the whole spiel. And I said, okay, I want you to look at your teacher roster, put it right in front of you. And I want you to highlight with the yellow highlighter, three people who, you know, are amazing at social media. She's like, okay. So she highlights three people. I said, okay, of those three people, who can you ask today? I spoke to her at 11 o'clock in the morning. I said, who can you ask today to take over the Instagram feed? And they'll do a phenomenal job at posting really great pictures. So she circles one person. I said, okay, now how can you delegate this project to her and essentially give her this promotion that she's in charge now of Instagram without you needing to micromanage or tell her what to do with every single picture, right? How do you create succinctness in the way that you delegate this to her and promote her into this new role? She's like, oh, I don't know this. And then she's like, you know, kind of going around in circles. And I said, okay, let's go to company values, right? What does your school value? What is your unique selling point when you are running school tours? So she told me we're child-centered. We have a beautiful environment. They're already inspired school. I said, great write those down on a post-it, your top three to five things. And then when you give this teacher the job, say, these are the five things. These are the three to five things that every picture needs to demonstrate. Every picture. And then here are my three pet peeves about pictures. One, when there's clutter in the background. Two, if you see garbage. Three, poor sunlight, poor lighting. That's it. Now, When you give someone that kind of promotion and you give them such clear direction, these are the three to five values that our company really values that I talk about when I do tours. So when you're posting pictures on social media, please make sure that at least three to five of these are demonstrated within the picture that you're choosing to post on social media. And then these are my three pet peeves when people post pictures, when there's clutter, garbage, and poor lighting. Right. So now you've given such clear directives. Teachers like, great. Like now I know exactly what I need to do to keep this social media feed flowing. She had the conversation with her at two o'clock. 
by the next day, there was three to four pictures being posted every single day. And she filled her enrollment quota within a month. So you can't make this stuff up. What happens is, is in these moments where we recognize I'm not supposed to do everything. I'm actually supposed to develop my people on the team and link arms with everyone. So let's, let's go a step further here because I love that story. It's such a great example. And I have so many of those from, you know, from our owner's HQ, from our leadership days, from all the different interactions and ways that we work with our clients. Building a culture of promotion and a career lattice, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, is about creating opportunity for everyone on the team. For everyone on the team to bring their best foot forward and contribute, right? There isn't only one way to grow. You can create growth horizontally, vertically, and diagonally. Too many times we look at promotion in a very myopic way. There's only one way to go, which is up, right? And that is typical of corporate America, right? You climb the corporate ladder, the proverbial ladder. In childcare and really in any organization of small business, there's so much opportunity for promotion in so many different directions. Not everyone wants a promotion of a career growth of now I'm going to go into the next natural stage. Like I was an assistant teacher, now I'm a teacher, then I'm gonna go from a teacher, I'm gonna be assistant director to director. Not everyone wants that type of promotion. There's so many other ways to contribute and promote from within inside of the organization that continues moving the company towards its bigger vision. So what do I mean when I say not every promotion is about growth? Some people are looking for reinvention of themselves. They're just looking for a way to reinvent themselves. They want to be challenged in a different way. Some people are seeking better lifestyle due to season of life changes, right? So many times owners get stuck on, well, I don't have any room for anyone to promote. All my spots are filled. And I'm like, life changes, season of life changes. I say this a lot. You know, it's one of my, uh, one of my quotable quotes, which is respect the season of life. When we learn to respect the season of life that we in, we're in, we fight it a lot less. And there's room in there for promotion. Some people are seeking exploration of their skills. A lot of people get curious about different things um, and they want to explore those skills. Some people are seeking new opportunities. Some people are seeking growth and they're ready to do the work that it takes to get there. Designing a company career lattice shows people that there are many paths forward that are available for them in order to progress inside of the company. So, the way that we really help our team create, like be part of creating this culture of promotion is we have to help all levels of leadership on the team see big picture. Because when there's only one person that is seeing the bigger picture, there's a lot of weight and responsibility on the one person to develop all the people on the team. When I was an owner, when I was an executive director and I was managing multiple people under me and a pretty significant size leadership team, one of the things that I would often tell my leaders when I would sit in leadership meetings is the hallmark of great leadership and someone who is a great director is not about how many kids you enroll into your center. That is easy peasy lemon squeezy. As my son, yes, he says, that's easy peasy lemon squeezy. It is. Enrolling kids is easy peasy. Here is what is challenging and what is the hallmark of great leadership. How many of your teachers are ready for promotion? How many of the people that are under your tutelage have you developed? How many people are ready for the next level of leadership? If six to 10 months or 12 months into your leadership, no one on your team has developed or grown or is ready for the next evolution, what are you doing? You're moving papers around, you're filling in holes. What are you doing as a leader? 
I didn't hire a glorified secretary or office assistant. I hired a director. I hired a leader. I want to see leadership. Well, what is leadership? Leadership is building the capacity of the people on the team to level up even more. So when I say this to leaders, like it's a your directors need to be held accountable to how many people on their team, how many teachers on their team are ready for promotion, are ready to be developed, are ready for the next level of leadership. How do they do that? Well, everyone on the team needs to be able to think big picture in different ways, right? The owner thinks big picture, they're steering the ship, this giant ship, and they're steering the ship forward. Whereas a teacher thinking big picture is in a different level. And I'll walk you through all of them. So let's talk about what I mean when an owner is thinking big picture. When owners join our Owners HQ program or when they come to our events or, you know, any of those ways that they start to interact with us, one of the first things that I do when I disrupt an owner's thinking is I tell them, when you wake up in the morning, you are no longer allowed to ask yourself, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do today is what directors ask. Owners and executives and CEOs ask the following question. What do I need to build? design, or create. You are not the executor. You are not the doer. You are the leader. You are the designer. You are the creator. You are the builder. When you wake up in the morning, you don't have a to-do list. You have a meeting with yourself, which is about what do I want to build and create today? I have a phenomenal episode. It's one of our earlier episodes on the podcast, which is called a 15-minute meeting with yourself. And it walks you through my entire framework of how to have a meeting with yourself every single morning. It is a critical function of being an owner. Now, I have a whole episode on the ideal week. We have a whole training on what are the critical functions of being an owner. And one of them is get out of your to-do list, get out of your day-to-day minutia, because as long as you're there, you're in the proverbial engine room. And when the captain of the ship is in the engine room, your ship is going to hit an iceberg and it's going to get ugly. And this is why leaders find themselves in a constant cycle, survival and, and getting out and going back to survive, because they constantly go back to the engine room. A leader needs to stand at the helm of the ship and needs to be steering the ship. And when you're steering the ship, you're not asking, what do I need to do today? You are designing, you are building, you are creating, you're looking at vision, you're looking at the horizon. So that's the first thing that needs to be flipped on his head. You want to build a culture of promotion. You want to build an organization where everyone sees opportunity for themselves, where you know from day one, people start recognizing that there's so much growth opportunity inside of this company. You need to be sitting where you need to be sitting as the leader and looking at vision and growth and opportunity not your stupid to-do list. Don't look at your to-do list. You're not supposed to have a to-do list. You need a calendar and you need vision. That's what you need. You need a real calendar. And if you haven't designed a calendar and you don't know what that looks like, click the link in the show notes. We have a phenomenal training called The Ideal Week, which is all about how to design an ideal week as an owner. It's a great training. I did it a little bit ago. Okay, director. How does a director start to think big picture? Director often thinks in tasks, in details, in daily operations. The challenge is, is they get married to the checklist and they forget that their real job is about developing people. Like I just said before, the hallmark of a great director is how many of your teachers are ready for promotion. How many of your teachers are ready to level up? How many people developed under your leadership are people rising? So I get asked this question a lot. 
what does it mean when someone's ready for, for a promotion, right? How do I know when someone's ready? Because there's all different kinds of promotions, right? Especially if you're designing a career lattice, which is something that I do with leaders when I come in and do a leadership day or when we do a strategic intensive together. A career lattice is designing the growth path, not just vertically where you grow up this way, but you're designing a career lattice horizontally, vertically, diagonally. There's so many different ways for people to grow and develop inside of the organization. And so owners and directors will often ask me, how do I know when someone's ready for a promotion, right? There's all different kinds of promotion. There's a promotion you're going to be managing the Instagram account, or there's a promotion that you're going to be in charge of the Mother's Day breakfast, or you're going to be in charge of the winter festival, or I'm putting you in charge of, I don't know, the teacher schedules or whatever, whatever promotion you're giving someone. I really try to distill down my top three areas where if I look at the data and I look at the thousands of hours of conversations that I've had with leaders one-on-one over the last decade, it boils down to a couple of things. Now, this is by no means the Bible of like being ready for promotion. Please take this with a grain of salt. This is anecdotal data of me going back and re-listening to conversations and looking at patterns and all the conversations I have when I come at in-person events. I think that these are some of the really core components of when someone's ready for a promotion. Number one, they are emotionally regulated. As you move higher into new levels of leadership, your patience, your skills, your mind, and your mindset is pushed beyond capacity, is pushed beyond your comfort zone. And before someone is ready for a promotion, we need to know that they're currently emotionally regulated in their current role before we move them to the next role. So I want to expand on this a little bit. One of the meta skills inside of the bridge, again, if you're new to the podcast or if you have skipped over, we have an entire series called The Bridge to Excellence, which are the six meta skills of what it takes to build and sustain a school of excellence. One of the meta skills inside of the bridge is E, which is emotional regulation. And emotional regulation is such a key component to building excellence. That's why it's one of the meta skills. The reason why I put it as the first sign that someone is ready for promotion is because when we up-level someone and we give them more responsibility and now they're taking on more capacity, there is a natural thing that's going to happen, which is they're going to feel slightly overwhelmed in the beginning because now they have more stuff to manage. They have more stuff to juggle. And the question is, how emotionally regulated are they? Meaning, do they know what to do when they get overwhelmed? Are they regulated enough to understand, oh, I'm overwhelmed in this moment. I need to go ask for some help. I need to take a break. I need to learn a little bit more about this role. I need to get a little bit more comfortable with being not as certain or swimming in the dark a little bit. Being emotionally regulated in their current role is a pretty good indicator that they are ready for the next level of promotion. If you have a teacher on the team who is constantly dysregulated, who the vast majority of the time when you're in conversation with them, they're usually whining or complaining or dysregulated about something. They are not ready for promotion. And this is the director's invitation to create challenges and to create opportunities and invitations for them to practice emotional regulation, because that is one of the first pathways to help them be ready for leveling up and be ready for promotion. The second thing that you're looking for when someone's ready for a promotion is their level of self-awareness, the level of awareness of just how self-aware they are. How do they come across? 
how they are aware of, you know, what it's like to experience the other side of them, their own relational intelligence, just their self-awareness in general. Because as you level up in leadership, there are certain blind spots that automatically happen as you move up in leadership. You miss certain things. So while you see certain things from the vantage point that you're at, you also miss certain things. And being self-aware and recognizing that there are certain things that you see, there are certain blinders that you have, there are certain things that you're not. And that awareness invites curiosity, invites more conversation. Self-awareness is a super skill. So self-regulation and self-awareness, top two of being ready for promotion. When else do we know someone's ready for promotion? Number three, agency. They have resourcefulness and agency in their life. When you give someone a promotion or when you move someone to the career ladder, if you need to babysit them and constantly say, are you okay? Is everything okay? Are you feeling overwhelmed? You look a little bit stressed. Um, can I help you? If that is what you need to do with your leaders all the time and make sure that they're okay, they are not freaking ready for promotion. Someone who's ready for promotion, like I just said five seconds ago, is regulated and self-aware. So if that person doesn't have agency in their life and doesn't know how to come over and say, Hey, I'm in and over my head. I need a little help prioritizing over here because I'm actually completely in the dark on what I actually need to do first, second, third. Can you help me out? Esther Perel has a really great quote that she quotes from someone else. And now I don't remember the person that she's quoting. So I'm sorry. The person who she quotes has a saying, which is the definition of confidence is making mistakes and still holding yourself in high regard. So even though you make mistakes, even though you mess up or whatever it is, you still hold yourself in high regard, not in arrogance, not big egos, inflated egos, just high regard. Like I still am enough. I still can hold myself in the way that I need to hold myself. Agency and asking for help and knowing when to reach out and be resourceful is a huge hallmark of being ready for a promotion. And the fourth thing that I typically look for when someone's ready for a promotion is their willingness to help others. When you enter levels of leadership and as you continue to move into other directions of leadership, your ability to spot when someone needs help or spot when someone is uncomfortable and how you can support them and how you can help them is a super skill, right? It's, it's powerful. And part of being in leadership is helping. It's servant leadership. So when someone shows the capacity to help others, it means that they're not in survival, right? When you're drowning, you are not helping anyone around you swim. You are drowning. You need someone to pull you out. When you're not drowning, you can actually survey the scene and see who does need help. And so when we're looking at who's ready for promotion, we're looking at who's not in survival, right? Who can help others? People who are struggling to help others, there's lots of reasons, but a lot of it is based in survival and self-preservation. It's actually not based in selfishness or being a jerk. A lot of people are really just trying to survive and living in self-preservation. And that's why they can't help other people. They can't even, they don't have the capacity to be there for anyone else. They could barely be there for themselves. So that is the, for me, one of the final things that I look for when I, you know, is someone ready for a promotion? This is specifically in childcare that I'm giving these examples. So it's important to look at your team and really start to understand and assess who is ready for promotion, who's ready to level up. So let's look at teachers, right? How do we help teachers think uh, big picture? When teachers 
just pull themselves for a second out of the day to day. And they start to ask bigger questions like, why does Alex keep hitting Sandra? Why does little Sammy struggle so much when we go from this side of the classroom to that side of the classroom? Thinking bigger picture from the teacher's lens is about asking better questions and asking better questions as role model from the leader. It's one of the big things that I often get told when we're on coaching calls or when I'm doing leadership days or I'm speaking is people are looking at the quality of the questions that I'm asking because I, one of the things that I work on is becoming a better question asker. It's, it's a skill that I want to constantly develop asking really good questions. It is a skill that I already have. I do ask really good questions and it's a skill that I constantly want to hone. I want to constantly ask better questions. I want to know how to ask good questions. And so the way that you become a teacher The way how you help your teachers think bigger picture is you help them ask better questions. Because what happens a lot of times is because teachers are so stuck in the day-to-day and looking very myopically at the problems of their classroom, they keep asking, what's a new tactic I can try? When really, if they ask a different question, the problem doesn't exist anymore. Now they're actually going and solving a whole new thing that actually impacts so many other parts of the classroom. So asking a good question really helps teachers up-level themselves and think big picture. I actually did a whole training on this, a strategic advisory inside of our membership and our owners HQ and our directors in our circle. I did a whole training on how to help staff think big picture because and I gave specific questions on how to help the team think big picture. And the reason for that is, is because the more that you can help teachers just lift up their head a little bit above the water and look at their classroom from a different perspective. And then the directors are looking at their centers from a different perspective, from a level of developing people and a level of promotion. And you as the owner are looking at your directors and your admin team of who's ready for more responsibility and leveling up. You just design a whole new culture of retention. People want to stay. There's opportunity. It's exciting. The company's growing, right? You're part of something bigger than yourself. It's, it's, it's amazing. Designing this type of career lattice, designing this organization of a culture of promotion is a lot of work. There's no cookie cutter mold. There's no like, this is the way to do it. It's a conversation. And it starts with really understanding your legacy, your long-term goals, your values, your vision, your purpose. And then the things start to fall into place from there. So here's what I want to leave you with. In this final episode of this five-part series, building a culture of retention Building an organization that will stand the test of time. I say this all the time on my podcast. I'm playing the decades game. I'm going to be around for decades from now. I want this podcast to be around for decades from now. The content that I'm building inside of this podcast is this is part of my legacy. This podcast is my legacy. This content will live on forever. And I'm very intentional about you know, the stories that I share and what I talk about on this podcast, because this is part of my legacy. It's a huge body of work that I'm building that I'm so proud of. And when we're building our legacy, when we're building the cultures inside of our organizations, we want to understand that retention and retaining top talent, retaining our employees is not a project. It's a practice. And there's core building blocks that we need to slowly master and then move on to the next one. Building a culture of promotion is not something that happens overnight and it's not the first strategy you go after. This is why this is the fifth building block in building a culture of retention. The first building block is culture of community and belonging, which we spoke about, right? That's the first layer, love, belonging, like just connection with our people. 
then we're building a culture of quality of life and work-life harmony. We're starting to integrate the two worlds, the professional world and the personal world. Then we move on to building a culture of contribution. Now we can start asking people to contribute parts of themselves, things that they're excited to give. Then we go into a culture of accountability and feedback. Now we're going to start holding people accountable to these higher standards and goals. And lastly, we come to a culture of promotion. Now we're designing an organization where everyone on the team has opportunity and invitations for leveling up. So I hope you enjoyed this five-part series that we created on building a culture of retention. And and I hope that you take the time to go back and re-listen to these episodes as you start to implement some of these things. And if you want a straighter path forward, if you want more direct coaching, more of an opportunity to work with myself one-on-one for me to work with your team, we have something called Leadership Days. It's by application only. There's a phone call conversation. It's an intake form. Please click the link in the show notes and email our team. All the information is in the show notes and we can have a conversation about if it's a good fit for your organization, if it's the right time. Also, um, you need a certain size of your leadership team, certain goals, there are certain criteria that your company needs to be in in order to be ready for a leadership day. But if your organization is not over there, you're not ready for that type of high level work with me. We have our schools of excellence memberships, which is our owner's HQ program and our directors in our circle. This is where we really walk you through the entire roadmap, our pyramid of excellence, which is our proprietary process of how we help leaders build legacy and build and sustain their schools of excellence. And building culture of retention is a huge part of building schools of excellence. So if you want to work deeper with our company, if you want to work with myself, our proprietary processes, my team, fill out an application, see if it's a right fit for you. We'll jump on a call, we'll have a conversation, and we'll see if now's the right time for you to up-level and learn these higher level skills. Thanks for joining us in today's podcast episode. Please, if you haven't had a chance to rate and review our podcast, ratings and reviews help us rank higher inside of Google and iTunes. Um, It helps more people discover us, which is a huge part of our legacy, more and more people finding out about our podcast. So thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us. Hey there. If you're a school leader, I bet you have a super long to-do list with all the things that you need to get done every single day. You got to-do lists of what the teachers need, what the parents need, what your leadership team, admin. You also have to-do lists about your visionary stuff or your future goals that you want to get accomplished. And every single day, it's a hustle against the clock to try to figure out how to check off every single thing on your to-do list. Today, I actually want to share with you a whole new way to tackle your to-do list and understand how to actually battle out the competing demands that happen inside of a childcare center. It's my little secret sauce called having a do not do list. So instead of having a do list, you have a do not do list, a list of things that you do not do until certain things get completed or a list of things that you do not do anymore if you want to create sustainability and long-term legacy inside of your center. 
I'm teaching this strategy and a whole bunch more of my credible tools in the Priority Reset Workshop on February 29th at 1130 Eastern. I want you to join me and dozens of other school leaders to reclaim your time, to learn how to balance those competing priorities, and most importantly, focus the time, energy, people, and resources on the activity, on the priorities, and the work that actually moves the needle forward. I look forward to seeing you there. Click the link in the show notes to register. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.